0: This podcast is an audio recording of a live event. It may reference visual material that cannot be represented in this recording. It may also contain strong language and adult themes. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Acme. Thank you. Um, Thank you for inviting me uh, to come and speak at this. Um, So, um, this, this is a significant, you'll recognize the, the lines, potentially, or some of it, um, and you'll see this crop up later um, as a club flyer. Um, in 1980, in his, sorry, <clears throat> in his 1980 video, Ashes to Ashes, David Bowie, clad in a glittering Pierrot costume designed by Natasha Kornilov, is accompanied by four other strikingly garbed characters. As so you can see, not very well as a screen grab here. They'd been plucked the night before, the night before filming of the video from London's already notorious Blitz nightclub. One was the Blitz host, Steve Strange, who wore a black wedding dress and lace veil headdress designed by designer Judith Franklin, which I'll come back to. The others were Franklin herself, the fashion designer, Darla Jane Gilroy, who's actually now one of my colleagues at London College of Fashion. And when I said I was going to talk about this, what did she have to say? She said, I can't remember, I've moved on, which I thought was a shame. Um, Both Gilroy and Franklin are are, are are attired in the ecclesiastical style outfits that they'd been wearing at the club the night before, and their fellow Blitz habitué Elise was wearing the ballet style outfit she was wearing the night before. Bowie noted of the plans for the Ashes to Ash video, and I quote, there's something very religious about the four other characters in the video, an ominous quality that's rooted quite deeply. Is it then pure chance that Bowie, or Strange, selected the extras they had for that video? Following his return to London from his imposed exile in Berlin, living in Berlin, Bowie had been told about the new London nightclub scene. He said, when I was in London, I was taken to one extraordinary place. Everybody was in Victorian clothes. I suppose they were part of the new wave or the permanent wave or whatever. <laughs> Strange was the doorman at the Blitz Club and he recalled, "And um, apologies for the long quote but I think it's important, a woman named Coco came up to me and said that David Bowie wanted to come in. As there was still a big queue snaking around the corner, I realised that we could get him in quietly through the fire escape. Significant he would have been mobbed, and you'll hear later why. Uh, he said that he'd been keeping an eye on what we'd been doing, how much he liked the club and the music we played. He then asked me if I would be in a new video he was making, and if I'd select some appropriate friends to feature in it too. I couldn't believe it. I'd been a Bowie fan for years, so I didn't need to think about it for too long. The costume Strange Wears, as I said, was bought from uh, Judith Franklin following her Ravensbourne College graduation fashion show, held at the Café Royale in London. The show is described by the fashion press as Balenciaga, here's the sound of music, act one. Noting the cut and structure of the garments and the liturgical appearance of the outfits inspired, Franklin says, by the nuns in the sound of music. Strange's gown was the black wedding dress finale piece with a veil headdress made of stiffened lace on a metal frame designed by the then-unknown Milliner Stephen Jones. Franklin recalled that Jones arrived with the headpiece, and I quote from Franklin, wearing a suit complete with knickerbockers and ballet-style shoes with bows, a look that was to become synonymous with new romantic subculture. As well as buying this dress, Strange bought a medieval-style taffeta jacket he later wore on the cover of his band Visage's single fade to grey. Kornilov was asked by Bowie to create a clown costume for the Scary Monsters and Super Creeps album because they had a long working relationship and the successes of previous costumes. Kornilov recalled that Bowie had wanted to wanted, told her he wanted to be, and I quote, "the most beautiful clown in the circus," and she believed he was recalling the outfit she'd made for him when he appeared in Lindsey Kemp's mime production called Pierrot in Turquoise wearing what, clown white makeup, spotted blouse, knee breeches and Elizabethan ruff. And I think we saw some images from that earlier in one of the presentations. I'm not quite sure. Cornelof says the Ashes to Ashes outfit made of layers of blue shiny fabric with silk organza and braid and silver net over blue lurex was based on a Jacobean outfit with big padded trousers and sleeves. And the beach scene um, in the video is also reminiscent of Aubrey Beardsley's 1896 image Dieppe, where a gender ambiguous character in a corset and decorated knee breeches is attended by two-gowned women. Very kind of Blitz-like look, I think. Strange recalled in his autobiography, Blitz, that Bowie's Pierrot costume was, and I quote, much like the one I had been wearing at Blitz. And he later revived a Pierrot-like costume for the video um, of Visage's Single Mind of a Toy. Uh, thinking back to um, Strange's influence again, the makeup uh, for the p- uh, clown Piero image was designed by specialist Richard Sharer, who'd done makeup for Steve Strange. He recalls David asked me who did my make. Who did my make? St- Strange recalls David. They're now on first name terms, obviously. Asked me who did my makeup, I was reluctant to tell him really as I regarded Richard Chara as my secret weapon. I didn't really want to share him with anyone, but it was David Bowie, so I had to really. And I think you can see uh, the influence here on those of you who are more familiar with not the best image of Bowie and his makeup. Um, Steve Dagger, the manager of the Blitz Club's house band, Spandau Ballet, noted that Blitz Club was a home for all the Bowie and Roxy refugees and freaks under one roof. It sounded, felt and looked like tomorrow. A sentiment echoed by Spandau Ballet's guitarist and songwriter Gary Kemp. He said, "Here were Bowie's spiritual children, formed by the sparkle of Ziggy." George O'Dowd, famous as the later famous as the Culture Club singer Boy George, similarly recalled, "All of this was Bowie's fault." It's safe to say that majority of us New Romantics were obsessed Bowie kids. And just to reecho this, Dave Rimmer, the music journalist, described Bowie's attendance at the Blitz Club and the use of Strange as fellow clubbers in the Ashes to Ashes video, in the context of how Bowie had consumed influences such as Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, Brian Eno, John Lennon, we heard earlier about his other influence, and then he went on to consume the clones, as uh, Rimmer put it. Bowie's influence manifested differently depending on his looks. O'Dowd recalled, "I put on mum, I put mum's makeup on, blue and green eyeshadow, salmon lippy, and pranced around singing into a hairbrush. He also recalled how he wanted, quote, girl shoes, cork platform slingbacks like Bowie wore on his Japanese tour that we've just seen from both Paula and, um my mind's gone completely blank, Robin, sorry. Um, but for many of Bowie's, uh, for, but for many, Bowie's influence began with Ziggy Stardust, and we've heard a fair amount about that. But anyway, in an interview with Blitz Habituary and former London College of Fashion student Jonathan Jackson, he recalled how, I quote, I wanted to look like Bowie in his Ziggy Stardust days. And I can remember that, you know, a few of us had reddish hair all standing up on top and long down the back. Blitz photographer Graeme Smith was similarly influenced by this incarnation of Bowie. He said, I can remember rather nervously asking the local unisex hairdressers for a diamond dog's haircut in 1974. And both Strange and O'Dowd recall in their autobiographies how they dyed their hair bright red, orange in emulation of Bowie. Frankie Holly Johnson, the singer Frankie Goes to Hollywood, talks about how um, they young people not only aped the look but also the openly bisexual lifestyle and he said small pockets of girls and boys especially the apprentice hairdresser variety all over the country started to experiment with their sexuality and appearance and I think that's significant many of the people who were at um, the Blitz Club including Dylan Jones the now editor of uh, GQ magazine either were or pretended to be, like with glam rock, gay, or bisexual. So Bowie's influence there, that coming out moment. Right. Recalling the same period, singer Adam Ant said of Bowie, to this day, he was the most extreme. Bowie got away with wearing things that looked stupid on others. In this period, he really did look like an alien, like no one else. The idea of Bowie's alienness was echoed by former punk Joe Pop, who told me, we all suffered the curse of Bowie that encouraged experimentation with dress. He said, my boyfriend was a long, Mac-wearing futurist. His curse of Bowie was about being in Berlin, whereas mine was about being an alien, a transsexual alien. And interestingly, on the BBC Television Arts program, Arena, about punk, a teddy boy said, said that to him, punks look effeminate, they look like some third sex, they look like invaders from another planet or something. So in some ways, Bowie's influence on punk, which I think is a whole other story. Returning to England from the States, Bowie's style was more restrained and toned down following the death of Ziggy and Aladdin Sane. To accompany the soul-influenced sound of young Americans, he wore a black shirt and functional tight jeans. His hair was now cut into a wedge with an orange tint and blonde streaks in a toned-down version of Ziggy's red spike cut. His stage outfits in 1976 involved crisp white-black white shirt, black waistcoat and tapered trousers. Designer Chris Sullivan told how he went to a Northern Soul Club in Bournemouth, on the south coast of England, with, and I quote, my Brian Ferry haircut and and David Bowie live suit from the High Street Taylor Hepworths, and how he met a load of groovy London Soul Boys dressed in peg trousers, Hawaiian shirts and plastic sandals. Music journalist John John Savage noted that the Soul Boys with their Jerome Newton hairdos and plastic sandals that began to emerge from London's outer suburbs in 1975-76 had been inspired by Bowie. Gary Kemp and the writer-broadcaster Robert Elms were inspired by this faux Philadelphia wedge haircut and baggy pleated trousers of the period. Elms said, it was the hair that really got you. It was both long and short at the same time, heavy on top and falling over one eye, but karate chopped short at the neck. It was like a lopsided pudding basin, but streaked as if he'd spent a lot of time in the sun. Both Jackson and O'Dowd note the influence of Bowie's more restrained post-Diggy looks. O'Dowd recalled the slick back hair, white shirt and pegged trousers. I copied the look, he said. Wore one of my dad's white shirts and greased down my hair. Jackson stated, When Bowie did that Earl's Court tour, he had those pleated trousers with about eight pleats at the top and went really narrow at the bottom. I had a pair like that. I wore with those punk boots with the seam up the front. The look had been designed by for Bowie by Corneloff for his 78 tour. She said, I came up with a massive white trousers and sailor hat. I was amazingly gratified with the white trousers, which were cut like Jacobean trousers, again, or previously. I couldn't believe I'd just changed the shape of what everyone was wearing. All the futurists and new romantics came from that. The uh, London-based hat designer, Craig West, recalls in an interview with Oriel Cullen in the Bowie Is book um, that he... um, remembers the advertisements in the back of newspaper magazines like NME that promised the Bowie look. Readers could send off for the short jackets as seen on the David Live LP, uh, as you can see on the left here, as well as the 8 and 20 pleat trousers all supplied by, amongst others, uh, Christopher Robin, Um West says, and um, Carnaby of, the Cavern of Carnaby Street, which is the middle image, which I found in a box of stuff that we recently donated to the archive at London College of Fashion. So I was really excited when I found this drawing for this advert. Many of the characters quoted today went through phases of subculture, from glam through Soulboy and punk and onto Billy's and the Blitz. We all had similar stories to tell, Gary Kemp said. David Bowie performing Starman on top of the Pops, Roxy Music at the the Rainbow, the Sex Pistols at the Scene on the Green. Filmmaker John Maybury recalls seeing more or less the same crowd at Bowie's Hammersmith Odeon concert in 73, among the punks at London's Roxy Club in 76, and at Billy's and the Blitz in 79. Graeme Smith notes that Bowie was, and I quote, this unique chameleon character who opened the door for all of us, and we've heard quite a lot about his chameleonness today. Um, and um, Paula started off with talking about Bowie as a bricoleur. And Ted Polhemus and Caroline Evans and Minna Thornton have all written about um, the bricolage that the New Romantics indulged in, drawing on Dick Hebdige's use of Levi Strauss's concept and naming punks and New Romantics... or Hebdige naming punks as bricoleurs, but Bowie himself was a bricoleur. He'd been at the forefront of what became mod, moved to a folksy hippie style, and stolen accumulated from Lindsay Kemp, Japanese no theater, and science fiction to create his characters. Dave Rimmer has proposed that the ethos of the new romantic clubs foreshortened Bowie's decades of change and reinvention over a series of evenings where the persona and the look change from week to week. Photographer, Graeme Smith recalls his visit to one of the early nights at Billy's Club. He said, "A camp Welsh Cossack. Ca- sorry, I'll start again. A camp Welsh Cossack posed by the entrance, of, of, as the electronic beats of craftwork pounded from the speakers, sounding like the future had arrived early. Several androgynous couples danced a robotic jive, looking like replicant toy soldiers. I thought I saw Marilyn Monroe flirting with a dapper Brian Ferry in his GI look. The clothes he described." Um, describe a variety of looks that became well-known as new romantic styles. Steve Strange in his early Cossack look from PX on the left. DJ Rusty Egan um, here on the right, uh, wearing 40-style tweeds, silk shirts, uh, white shirts, silk scarves, and double-breasted D mob suits. Um, Peter Robinson later become famous as Marilyn, uh, the pop singer there as his man, the Marilyn look. Um, and. Um, Fashion journalist Ian R. Webb modelled a toy soldier look. He said, with a purple satin regal-looking sash across my chest, accessorised with military-style diamondine brooches and toy medals. London's PX shop was close to the Blitz, um, as mentioned by... Um Sorry. Um, and run by designers Helen Robinson and Steph Rayner. They previously run the pre-punk Acme attractions and the punk boy shops. While working at PX, Strange was invited by Andy Czkowski who ran the Roxy Club to front a band called The Photons. They wore bright, primary-coloured suits, styled to look like the Freddie Barretti suit worn by Bowie on the back sleeve of his 1973 album Pin Ups. The bright colours were also used by Anthony Price for suits he designed for Roxy Music, and later the Birmingham-based new romantic band Duran Duran. The early clothes in the first PX included angular padded shoulders, Russian Cossack suits, toy soldier suits described earlier. In 1980, Claire Tom joined as designer, creating thematic clothes, including her influential Byronic Buccaneers collection, with frilly-fronted shirts, leather and suede slash medieval jackets, pigskin trousers, feathered hats, and wide pirate-like leather belts, reminiscent of Robin Hood, Little Lord Fauntleroy, and Robinson Crusoe. And I was really interested when I was looking for images, and I don't know how clearly you can see this, but on this um, uh, song sheet for Liza Jane, um, Bowie in the middle there is wearing a pair of kind of very um, sort of piratical uh, suede boots that are very like the kind of look that um, Claire Tom was designing for um, PX. I'm not saying she copied. I'm not saying I know the influence, but who knows? Who knows? Okay, and so now to... um, Oh, I think I've given... I think I'm... okay, Okay, here we go. In the video for fashion... Um, ...that Robin quoted the song um, at the beginning of her talk. Bowie performs on a stage in a nightclub dressed in a boiler suit... ...that's dropped to around his waist and an open neck shirt. The boiler suit had been outfit worn by various members of the Blitz fraternity... ...as well as other electro musicians such as Gary Newman and sold in shops such as PX. Throughout the video Bowie performs a kangaroo hopping strange new dance... ...that is adopted by other characters by the end of the video. He also affects a bow-like movement that Strange maintains was copied from his sweeping gestures, gesture movements in Ashes to Ashes video, and says, became a kind of emblematic gesture for the album in some ways. Strange recalls that his bowing motion was to pull forward the hem of his gown to stop it getting trapped by the bulldozer that was following him. He said, I decided to disguise this by making a grandiose swooping gesture. I then got Judith at the other end of the line to do the same thing. So it took on a visual motif of its own. That movement was also quite relevant to the dance style of Blitz and Camden Palace, so it was all linked in some way. So Bowie referring back. And I was um, interested when um, Tim Highfields was showing the GIFs earlier and the Dancing in the Street video, there was a bit where he did that kind of vowing movement. So I I could argue again that it's another referencing of a referencing of a reference. In a cutaway from the nightclub where Bowie performs, in the v- fashion video, a group of extravagantly dressed and masked characters line up for a soup kitchen handout, but they could also be waiting to enter the club in which Bowie's performing, perhaps reminding us of how Bowie had sidesepped that long queue to get into Blitz when he went to pluck his extras for his video. The clothes in the queue are a mishmash of historical references and futuristic styles, mirroring those that were worn to the Blitz Club and its succession of London clubs, including Taboo. I don't know whether Bowie ever met. Um, Lee Bowery, but uh, Mick Jagger was certainly turned away from uh, Taboo. So maybe Bowie was turned away from too. Maybe Bowie went incognito, dressed as Lee Bowery, who knows. Um, the lyrics to the song, there's a brand new dance that's going around, it's big and it's bland, full of, finch, full of tension and fear, reflect the title It refers to the way in which commercial fashion and trends are created, copied and rejected. By the time fashion hit the UK charts, the new romantic sultra had gone mainstream. Songs by Blitz attendees, Spandau Ballet and Visage were also in the charts. National newspapers were publishing pictures of the freaks at the nightclubs. And it wasn't to be long before Lady Diana Spencer was seen wearing the frilly blouses and knickerbockers that had become the quintessential new romantic look. And as either Robin or Paula were saying, I thought that Lady Diana's hair wasn't so very far from that soul boy wedge that was so popular in the London nightclubs, so maybe she was there. The use of strange and his friends in the Ashes to Ashes video and the referencing of Bowie as an influence by the new romantic singers and bands introduced the fashion chameleon Bowie to a new generation of fashion conscious teenagers looking for a direction, myself included, and that's why I'm here talking about this today. Um, Just as musician and style icon Bowie'd inspired new young musicians, designers and clubbers to express themselves creatively through their clothing, using the nightclub as their arena, so the nightclub founded to play his music in turn provided stylistic influence for that video. I just want to use one last and I'm I probably making a very false claim, and um, forgive me. Um, and it was interesting seeing, um, I'm afraid I've forgotten the last person to talk in the last panel's name. Um, in 1984, Bowie released the single Blue Jean, as you all know, accompanied by 20-minute short film directed by Julian Temple, entitled Jazzing for Blue Jean. And this is my last thing I'm going to say. Bowie plays two characters, the socially incompetent Vic and the rock star Screaming Lord Byron. Looking at Street Screaming Lord Byron's tromploy shadowed makeup and historic referencing Orientalist outfit, I think recalls a number of Steve Strange's extravagant outfits, and Claire Tom's significantly named Byron, Byron Buccaneers collection being modeled by Strange for PX in 1980. Thank you. You have been listening to an Acme podcast. For more recordings, go to soundcloud.com/slash acme online or the Acme website.